Well, greetings and welcome on a pretty toasty Tuesday afternoon of seemingly all over the place. I'm seeing all sorts of folks talking about how it's over 100 degrees where they are. Well, you poor people. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. We live in the hottest metropolitan area in the United States. Um, I I don't know how you determine metropolitan. There's about over a million people. Uh, we got like five or six. I've lost track how many, but it's absurd and it's hot. And I don't know how this many people live in a place like this. And I, I tend to agree with that cartoon uh, that, that says that it is a massive act of arrogance um, that Phoenix exists. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much true. Um, yeah, uh, that's really can't, can't, there's, there's no argument to be made against that. It is a massive act of arrogance that, that we are here. Uh, it was 115 yesterday uh, in the shade, um, and uh, <coughs> I think they're what only supposed to be like 112 today. You know, a real real cool down. Um, once you, once you get over 110, yeah, yeah, get, break out the coochies, man. Uh, I've got got one in the other room. Um, uh, you could, I know you really want to wear one, so you just feel free to go in the other room, grab one, you'll be good. Um, Okay, <laughs> not gonna light up one of my coogies. That's not so nice. See, see what I put up with? I was trying to be nice, and what do I get? Pretty much what I get from a lot of people out there. Anyway, um, yes, uh, it, it, it. Welcome to the program today. Ah, uh, so many weird things here. I, I suppose I should start. I don't know if you all saw the clips coming out from some sort of (sighs) senatorial something. I don't know. I think it had something to do with um, some women's issue. I, I, I don't, I just honestly don't know what, but we have, this is, this is a Berkeley law professor. Um, if you want to have a, a picture of why our society is absolutely doomed if it does not, if there is not, you know, I'm not even going to say if it does not. I don't think there's anything our society can possibly do in and of itself to avert doom at this point. Um, If God is not merciful in bringing a great awakening level revival of truth of this insanity. And it is, it's insanity. I I do not apologize for calling this what it is. It's insanity. Um, will, will be the end of us. There's no two ways about it. Here's, um, well, let's, let's listen to this, uh, together. Um, I, I actually have two clips and, um, it's the same, same lady, but it you'll you'll get you'll get the sense of things. Some of you have seen this already. Let's uh, get a deep seat in the saddle here. Uh oh. Okay, never mind that. We did not remember to check this. It's been a long time since we did this. It's not the Dell. I think it's this one. I hope. 
Let's let's see. Lead lives that are filled with dignity and humanity. And that to means your, being able your way to, of thinking, that happens when more black babies are aborted. I believe, I trust, I love black people with the capacity for pregnancy. I think they have agency, they have intelligence, they know what is best for themselves. And I would love to create the conditions under which they can live lives that are filled with dignity and humanity. And do you think a, do you think a, a baby that... Uh, be, be, before we, we go on, the listening... Listening to leftists, again, uh, back in the day when the Soviet Union still existed, you would hear Pravda, you would hear, uh, and even with China as well, after the fall of the Soviet Union, uh, communist countries, leftists, abuse language. They abuse it. They redefine every term. And that's what we are seeing in our country today. Every word that used to have meaning, racism, we used to know what that meant. We used to know what a racist was. Um, Now you're a racist for any reason. Now you're a racist for turning right too slowly in front of somebody else. I mean, there's, it it is used so widely it has no meaning anymore. Um, Dignity and worth were just used. Dignity and worth in whose sight? What, what do those words even mean? Um, if, if you cannot recognize the humanity of the preborn child, if you cannot recognize the scientific reality of the uniqueness of the genetic code that results from the fertilization process in human experience, if you cannot recognize, if you are so dull morally, ethically, and spiritually that you cannot recognize that you had a relationship. We know now. I, I was thinking um, Sunday night. Um, I took um, summer and uh, Clementine and January to church, and uh, they needed a ride, and and uh, so we, I picked them up, and uh, on the way home, some funny conversation started in the back seat of the car which often happens when you have um, girls the age of Clementine in January. And, and of course, Summer and I are sitting up front and we're dying laughing. And Summer is in her last trimester. Uh, we're looking forward very much to the arrival of Ransom. And I'm, I'm listening to Summer laughing. And we know that the child in the womb can hear these things. And that the the mother's uh, voice and mental attitude um, impacts that child even before birth. But we live in a day where we have an entire political party that has become a religious cult. And this religious cult has as its central sacrament the murder of preborn children. So... Just as I, um, when I was involved many, many years ago with Operation Rescue, um, I was, when my wife was pregnant, with Summer. And uh, my son had been born uh, seven weeks early. 
So he had been neonatal intensive care and things like that. And so I was already deeply aware at that time that there were people who felt it would be completely appropriate to have killed him in the womb. And the utter arbitrariness, the, the stupidity, the, the evil of looking someone in the eye and saying, yes, it would have been all right to kill that child on this day, but the next day, once he's born, then, then you can't, even though he was born prematurely. And there might be another child that is still in the womb that is three days older or a week older or 10 days older. But since they're in the womb, the womb is the deadly zone and they're, they're good to kill. You can chop them up, uh, but you can't now chop up this one. At least there are uh, people promoting the, the cult of death, the culture of death, who are open about saying, yeah, you know, we should, we should give it six months, you know, decide whether, you know, six months down the road, it's not working out too well. You're not getting the sleep you need. Go ahead and whack the kid. There are people that are now saying that. And that makes perfect sense from their worldview because it's us that matter. It's, it's me. It's my 401k. It, it's I, I am the only thing that really does matter because there is no God. There is no future. There is no judgment. And so my personal happiness, however I define that, uh, is all that matters. And so we have this cult uh, that exists in our day. And uh, joined with it, of course, is the denial of the most basic elements of human life, what a man is, what a woman is, what a mother is, what a father is, what the child is. All these things are now up for grabs in this insane, wacko, utterly shameful, had, should not be respected by anyone for any reason, insanity, uh, moral and spiritual insanity that exists in our in our day. Uh, but these are the people who run our universities. Uh, that That's why as a Christian parent, why would, f- leave everything else aside, aside from what the, your child's going to be exposed to. Why would you want to contribute? These organizations already have billions of dollars. They are, they are rolling in money. They don't, I don't know why anyone ever donates anything to a university. They are, they are rolling in dough. And so, uh, why, why would we want to promote that kind of thing? I, 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 I don't know. So, listen to the abuse of language. Uh, these are not stupid people, but these are people who are desperately evil. They're desperately evil. And they do, as a result, because they, they stay in their own little place, their own little echo chamber, they have the, the mental maturity and the emotional maturity and the ethical maturity of about a six-year-old. That's about as far as you can go, because after that, you start realizing how stupid everything the left is saying. Uh, you know, people with the capacity to become pregnant. <laughs> Just, um, wow. Wow. Uh, how, how far have we gone? Uh, that's how, if I, you know, if in the year 2000, I had said that there would be people testifying before Congress, they would talk about people with the capacity to become pregnant rather than using the term woman. Everyone would have looked at me and said, you are absolutely insane. You're nuts. And now here we are, here we are. This is, this is what we're experiencing. 
And we are supposed to bow down and worship these people. We are supposed to honor these people. I will not honor evil. I will not honor ethical and moral pygmies. I won't do it. And you shouldn't either. Uh, It degrades and debases all of us. I don't care if she's a black woman. Doesn't matter. The white liberal women are worse than black liberal women. (laughs) It doesn't matter. But at least I know she's a woman. Uh, at least, at least we've got that going for us. We're we're doing better than most people are. So we 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 continue on. Alive, has value. Yes. Do you think that a, um, a a baby that is not yet born has value? I believe that a person with a capacity for pregnancy has value. They have intelligence. They have agency. They no, have. I'm dignity. talking about the baby. And I'm talking about the person with the capacity for and I'm, you're not answering the question. I'm asking. I'm answering a more interesting you think question that, to you me. Think, Did you catch that? I'm answering a more interesting question to me. Again, I'm sorry. This, this woman is supposed to be a law professor. And so I expect something of someone who is a professor of law. I expect a level of maturity. I expect a level of ethics. I expect a level of morality, of intellect. None of these things are present. IQ of a wet shoelace. Unbelievable. And it's, this is what the system is meant to produce. The university system was once meant to produce critical thinkers who would have laughed at the foolishness of this stuff. But now it is only meant to produce one way of thinking. And it's an immaturity. It's a childishness. <sighs> that the baby that is not yet born, let's say the day before this mother delivers, do you think that baby has value? I think that the person with the capacity for pregnancy has value and they, have the, they should have the ability to control what happens to their lives. Well, and, and I just note you refuse to answer the question. Yes, she refuses to answer the question. She can't answer the question. It is the essence of the culture of death to do everything, including acting like a six-year-old, to not allow the victim of abortion to ever be seen in the conversation. You cannot talk about the uniqueness of that human child, the result of the miracle of conception. You can't can't talk about it. And so here you have ostensibly a self-proclaimed legal scholar who will act like a brat, a little child, before the Senate to maintain the fiction of the culture of death. The fiction of the culture of death. Well, uh, Cornyn wasn't the only one to have the experience of seeking to speak with this young woman. Um, I now realize that I can't click the expand thing because that's actually in the video. (laughs) It's not in the thing there. Uh, That's all right. Uh, We understand. Uh, Josh Hawley, likewise, uh, heard her using this uh, people with the capacity for pregnancy. You know, it, if I didn't have granddaughters, 
Well, grandkids, really, because my grandsons, including Ransom and that, uh, are deeply, will be deeply impacted by this moral and ethical pygmyism um, as well. But I especially think of my granddaughters because this, this transgender insanity is so anti-woman in in so many ways. It's truly disgusting. And so to, to see women degrading themselves in this way, but if I didn't have grandkids, you would listen to this stuff and you'd, you'd be tempted to just laugh. How can anyone be this insane? This just completely discombobulated. I don't know. But what you'll discover is when you attempt to engage the left, they only they have a very limited playbook. A very limited playbook. And what they will do is accuse you of violence. They'll accuse you of violence. If you do not uh, buy into their insanity, uh, then you are committing violence. And you can understand why if these people ever engage in actual debate where both sides get equal time and where there is forced cross-examination, these people just fall apart. I mean, she's falling apart here. I mean, to any rational person, to any adult, it's obvious that she cannot even begin to defend her position. That's, that's a given. Um, but they get away with this because they, they own the media. There's no one that will push them. There's no one that will press them except a few people like this. So here's where Josh Hawley, well, just, just watch. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thanks to all of the witnesses for being here uh, before uh, I, I want to, visit with you, Ms. Meske, but before I do, I just want to clear one thing up. Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, There are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. We can recognize that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. So your view is is that the core of this this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic. (laughs) Um, Catch up. So... She can't talk about women's rights because she can't define a woman. She has been talking about people with capacity for pregnancy. And so now he's like, okay, so what is the essence of this right that you're talking about? Because it used to be called women's rights. But once you've destroyed women, you can't really have women's rights anymore. And so he's just, just slightly presses one step, one question. And immediately... Well, this is transphobic. Transphobic. And, and you're supposed to just, just immediately drop to your knees. Oh, please forgive me for not embracing the mythology of your disconnected, drug-induced, hazed world uh, where there's 147 different genders. Um, 
But this is what you get. This is what you get, and that's, well, you're, you're going to see. Opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing them. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important Because of my us, line of questioning? Because, so we can't talk about it? Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist I'm it's denying that trans people exist by asking you? you if you're talking you? about women Are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that the, uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so get you pregnant. are denying that trans people exist? Thank and you. that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you? Absolutely. Or are they also treated like this? Where no, you, no, no. They're, they're told that to they're at, opening up people to oh, violence. We have a good time in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned a you, lot. Just I know, in this exchange. absolutely. Okay, this woman is so arrogant. I don't. I I don't know that I could control myself, even while demonstrating her utter idiocy, the utter idiocy of her worldview. I mean, she's bought into it and she's promoting it, so she's responsible for it. But so, if you do not buy into something that. People have only really believed in this country in, in any way the past 10 years the most. Um, then you are guilty of violence and you're causing people to kill themselves. And look, you know why it's so effective? Because the vast majority of American citizens are not uh, trained in critical thought. They're trained to emote, not to think critically. They, they, the majority of American citizens under the age of 50 today would have difficulty uh, dealing with any logical problem. Um, you know, word problems that we used to have to solve in, in school. They, they would have difficulty dealing with any logical problem while uh, emotionally excited. Because for them, emotion and, and the thought process are the same thing. They, they've not been taught to suppress and control their emotion so as to be able to think straight. I, I, <laughs> this is always, whenever, whenever there's a, a movie and you know, the bad guy's coming or the monster's coming or the aliens are coming or something and, and a woman starts screaming since I've been a kid, it's been stop screaming and run, lock the door, do something logical. <laughs> just, just, just stop. And uh, sadly, you know, most guys would be able to understand that back in, in the olden days, but today the, the guys do the same thing now too. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but anyway, uh, that <laughs> there is, um, that's what's going on in our government. The Chinese are taking over um, the world. Africa, uh, South America. They are taking over. The, the amazing thing is they, they are taking over all the countries that have the raw materials to make solar panels and everything else. While we are converting to all of that. Um, I, I'm just going to tell you my honest opinion. Okay, this isn't a necessarily a directly theological issue, but uh, we have been taken over by our enemies. We are being run by our enemies. 
And I believe that the regime that's currently in charge is guilty of the greatest treason against the United States ever. I believe we're being run by traitors. That's where we are. And that's a pretty sad thing to have to say. But I think there's very strong evidence of it. Very, very strong evidence of it. Um, so, um, anyways, um, speaking of which, uh, there is a um, case. I'm seeing some uh, positive evidence that the Jose Alba um, case. Uh, pro- hopefully, the corrupt prosecutor in Manhattan is going to give in to the tremendous amount of pressure that is coming against him and drop the murder charges. Jose Alba is a 60, 60, 61, something like that year old uh, guy working in a bodega. I guess that's sort of a, yeah, it's sort of like a inside 7-Eleven or something. I don't know. Um, convenience place in large cities, I guess. I don't know. Anyhow, um, some ex-con, I don't know if he knew the guy was an ex-con, his girlfriend's debit card didn't work. And so he comes around the counter and attacks this older man. He's over 20 years younger and attacks the man. Um, and he fights back and he stabs the guy and the guy dies. And when I first saw that, when I saw the attack for the first time, all I could think about how many times, And some of you don't expose yourself to these things, and I understand why. I'm not saying you necessarily should. Um, And maybe I shouldn't. But how many times have I seen video of these attacks in cities where, and 99.9% of the videos I've seen, young black men, or young black women. Did you see that? Did you see that restaurant that they, that little poor little taco place that they trashed because they dared to charge for extra dipping sauce? Did you see that? They, they tore the place apart. They did tens of thousands of dollars worth of damage. And again, it was just privileged, undisciplined, evil people. Uh, destroying other people's livelihoods. That's all it was. But um, airports. Have you seen? Uh, did you see that one? There's been a couple, but there was especially one where there was some black woman, young, early twenties, um, got angry about a delayed flight or something. Uh, I mean, man, anybody who you know, I used to fly a lot. And delayed flights, I know it's worse now. I get it. Why do you think I'm not flying? Um, But it happens. And those poor people behind the counters have nothing to do with it. Okay? She's literally picking up those things where you, you know, these people go this side. Big, deadly weapon. It's heavier than a baseball bat. And throwing it at people. Swinging it at people. It's just astonishing. But... These people 
that will just walk up behind somebody and hit them with all their might from behind and kill them. I mean, especially older people. Uh, more than once, you just see, you see them go down, they'll never get back up again, or they'll die a few days later. Uh, brain hemorrhaging, et cetera, et cetera. They're murderers. They are murderers, and they think it's funny. Oh, last week, 2.30 in the morning. I, I, I'm not going to be out at 2.30 in the morning on any street in Philadelphia, Chicago, Los Angeles, New York. But a, what was, what was he, 72-year-old man? Uh, I don't know what the, a, a group of what, four boys, three girls are out and they attack him with a construction cone. Those things are heavy. Construction cone. They knock him down first. He manages to get up and then just off camera, they hit him in the head again. And he died the next day. It's in Philadelphia. Uh, we've seen Hundreds, there are thousands, tens of thousands of videos like this. And so you get another one of these guys attacking somebody. You, you, you expect him to go, oh, he's, he, that, that's all he's going to do. He's, he's going to calm down now. No. And if he had beaten, if he had hit this guy in the face and he hit his head on the way down, died, do you think this uh, this prosecutor would be going at him the way he's going at this guy? Never. Never. It never happened. And so what I've been thinking about, George Soros uh, is well known for utilizing his money. He's not, he's not the richest man in the world, but he has... He has done more damage and, and, and ruined more lives and, and resulted in more lives being taken in the United States than anybody I can think of. The man is, is evil as the day is long. And his intention has been the destruction of this nation, and he is accomplishing. And he's accomplishing it with the aid of so many Americans, so many traitors. Um, you find any politician that has received any money from any Soros Foundation at all, and that person will be corrupt, just like the WF, just like the WF. Anybody who has money from WF, anybody who's taken any of their classes, done anything with them at all, needs to be turned out of office immediately if we have any chance of survival, period, end of discussion. But Soros is the one who's been funding these prosecuting attorneys that will not prosecute. That, that will simply ignore the law and, uh, and just turn people back out, which, which demoralizes the cops. Why should the cops even bother? And keeps the population in, in complete fear. And what they want is they want you hiding in your house, not able to go out, not able to do anything. And even fearful because... The reality is, if these people break in and you defend yourself, even though we have laws that at least in red states would allow you to defend your wife, yourself, um, these people don't care about law. They don't care about the law. 
they will prosecute you anyways. They will find a way to do it. And they'll let the people attacking you go. They want to remove even your right of self-defense. They want a completely subdued, bow the knee, I'm not going to say a word against Big Brother population. That is what their goal is. The destruction of law and the overthrow of these things. Now, what does any of this have to do with the dividing line? (laughs) Well, I want to read you a section from Deuteronomy. And I will just remind folks, a number of years ago, for over two, two and a half years, I think, I preached a series of sermons on the Holiness Code and expanded it out and covered a large portion of the Old Testament legal structure. And I came to understand that while there are sections that there still needs to be worked on, on, God's law represents God's character. And that law is frequently ignored in our day. Vast majority of evangelicals, if they've ever read all of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, have only done so once and certainly do not make it a regular part of their consideration, their reading. And anyone who would dare to talk about the importance of presenting God's law in our day, well, they're one of those dreaded theonomists, whatever those are. Um, However, that gets defined. uh, I, I just don't even know how you can argue against a meaningfully, biblically grounded definition of a general equity theonomist, but people do. There are some people that just... But I want to read you a section from Deuteronomy 19. Listen, listen to this. Deuteronomy 19, verse 16. If a malicious witness rises up against a man to accuse him of wrongdoing, then both the men who have the dispute shall stand before Yahweh, before the priests and the judges, who will be in office in those days. And the judges shall investigate thoroughly, and if the witness is a false witness and he has accused his brother falsely, then you shall do to him just as he had intended to do to his brother. Thus you shall purge the evil from among you, and the rest will hear and be afraid, and will never do such an evil thing among you. Thus you shall not show pity. Life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Now, that's one of the places where the Lex Talionis appears, that final Verse uh, 21, 1921, Lex Talionis. Uh, life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. You need to understand that that is so often misunderstood. Uh, because the context of the Old Testament law is normally not understood either, especially as it stood against other legal systems in the nations around Israel. Lex talionis is a limitation. It is a tremendous advancement. So, for example, in other systems of law, uh, 
if a, a peasant offended a powerful man or a person of another rank or class, such as you have in Hinduism in India, um, even if the offense was slight, the punishment could be tremendous. God's law doesn't allow for that. It doesn't allow for the rich man and the poor man to have two different standards. There's one standard of law. There are no classes. And it can only be life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. The, the punishment has to be commensurate with the damage that was done in the crime. So in this case, if you have a false witness, and he is seeking through dishonesty to gain an advantage in business over his competitor, his brother, well, then the advantage that he was seeking should be taken from him and given to the other man. If he was trying to gain 100 shekels, then he should lose 100 shekels, and that 100 shekels should be given to the man he was lying about. But if he's trying to get him killed, then his life was forfeit. So if, if, he, if he makes a false accusation that would result in the death penalty, and it is proven to be false, then his life has to be taken. Life for life. Now, you'll notice the judges shall investigate thoroughly. So when I've been thinking a lot about that, about this recently, we generally, what we're seeing today, what we are seeing in our own, what I'm seeing in my own experience is how a wonderful legal system can be subverted as long as you have enough people in the system that are evil enough to want to subvert it. So when the, when the large majority of people recognize the benefits of the system, then the system will continue to function and to work. Once you get, once you pass a tipping point and there are enough people that are evil in their hearts and they, they disrespect the law, uh, they, they do not uh, want the law to be uh, equally applied uh, to all people. They, 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 they don't believe the law has a moral foundation, and they don't believe there's going to be judgment. When you read God's word, the Theonustos revelation of Deuteronomy, and I hope you believe that's what it is, there is behind everything. When, when it says in Genesis, will not, will not the judge of all the earth do right? There's an assumption there. It's the same assumption that Paul mentions in Romans 3. How then can God judge the world? Ever thought about that? When he says that, that means that it is a presupposition. It is a foundational presupposition that God is going to judge the world. That there is a righteous judge and there is a day of judgment. And so 
that fundamental foundational reality lays behind all of this. Uh, Look up the term witnesses in Leviticus, Deuteronomy. And you will see the, the, this reality coming out. How witnesses are to be treated and how they're to behave and the absolute necessity of honesty. Well, why, why, let's be honest, why should, why should there be any honesty today? From a secular perspective, there is no, there is no reason for honesty. If you can get away with it, why not? What, does, what, what is the benefit of being truthful? Even from an evolutionary standpoint, what's the benefit of being truthful? If you can lie and get more of your uh, genotype into the next generation from the evolutionary perspective, that's great. That, that's, a, that's a moral good. So lie away. There's no judgment. The only negative is if you get caught. And if you get caught, then that, that might indicate that you don't have as much um, skill to pass on to the next generation anyways. See? So foundational to the Christian worldview is there's going to be judgment. And in the society that is envisioned that worships Yahweh, the the righteousness of the individuals within that society, the more righteous people there are, the more righteousness is produced. The more smoothly it operates, the more accurately it operates. Now, as I've mentioned many times before, if you look up the term witness, no one, it's repeated over and over, no one is ever to be put to death on the, the testimony of one individual. Never. Why? The law recognizes the possibility of dishonesty. Well, but two people can be dishonest, three people can be dishonest. That, that, that's all true. And that's the point. The more righteous the society then the more uh, accurate will be the uh, investigation of the judges, being able to discern the inconsistencies of the testimonies of witnesses, issues along these lines. But righteousness produces more righteousness. Unrighteousness produces more unrighteousness. And because of the high standard of God's law, there are people who in this life will get away with evil. There will be wrongdoers where there's no witnesses. There will be rapists who get away with rape. Uh, there will be murderers who get away with murder. There will be thieves that get away with thievery. Swindlers, liars. Yep, there will be. There is, in Scripture, there is the commandment that for the benefit of the whole people, 
the people are to desire justice to be done. They do not want the shedding of innocent blood. They do not want to have innocent blood in their land because they know that the shedding of innocent blood brings God's judgment upon the whole land because the murderer himself is not judged. And so there, there, there has to be a desire for true justice to be done within the parameters of what God's law reveals to us is possible in this life. But the standards are so high for a reason. Because the condemnation of a just man is a grave crime. The condemnation of one who is innocent, well, no one's innocent. Well, if you mean before God, yes, and God will never condemn an innocent person. There's only been one of them. (laughs) And he voluntarily gave himself. But in the context of a particular crime, there are people who are innocent. There are people who just didn't do what they're being accused of doing. And to condemn that person is a huge crime. Not just for the judge, the witnesses, but for that society as a whole. There will be a day of reckoning for all of that. That's that's a reality. And so... From the biblical perspective, yes, there are going to be people who get away with evil doing for now, but they won't in the end. And that's the huge difference. Secularism cannot provide that kind of a promise. In fact, secularism, by its very essence, says there can be no such promise And judgment has to take place in this life because there's nothing more to come. There is is no great judge of all the earth. There will be no great day. And so I remind us once again, as we look at what's happening in our land, where we are transitioning from being a nation of law to a nation of men. Now, I... I don't remember the first time I heard that phrase. I would imagine some of my probably dearly departed elementary school teachers are shaking their heads going, oh, see, no one ever listened to a word we said. (laughs) So maybe it was then. But I know that in my upbringing and in my youth, I heard that we are a nation of law rather than a nation of men. What's that supposed to mean? Well, it's supposed to mean that the law is an abiding standard based upon righteousness, based upon a, not just simply a majority rule, but that law has moral authority because it represents something above itself and above the the stature of the people that enact it. And that as a nation, that law is the ultimate standard and we cannot alter that just for ourselves. Over against a nation of men, tyrants, kings, people who 
have one law for you and another law for them, as we have now today. We've seen this in our nation. No one with an IQ above 12 can say that the people who went into the Capitol on January 6th are being treated in the same way as the people who attacked federal buildings with bombs during the summer of 2020, who would be arrested and released before the morning. No one can say that there is very clearly right now the injustice department, and that's what it is, is the plaything, the toy of the Biden regime to go after whoever they want to go after. There's no law. Constitution doesn't mean anything to these people. So it's not a matter of uh, the application of law. Um, it's, it's absurd. But that's what happens. And that's, look at, um, look at any of the Eastern European nations under communism. And this is what you'll see. If you're in the party, there's one set of rules for you. If you are not one of the party faithful, it's a completely different set of rules for you. And everybody knows it. There is no justice. There is no law that applies equally to this person or that person. The beauty of God's law and this is, it's amazing when, when people dismiss God's law as merely, it's just an artifact of the Mosaic Covenant, blah, 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 blah. Um, they, don't, they don't recognize that not only it's the same section of the Holiness Code that you have the prohibitions of homosexuality, is the same section that talks about honoring your parents, honoring the elderly, and loving your neighbor as yourself. It's the same three chapters. Two chapters. Well, two and a half, three. Anyway, same section. And the, the beauty is that over and over again, was you, you will not show partiality. You will not have a nation of men. And so if a rich man comes before a judge or a poor man comes before a judge, that judge knows he must judge Righteously. Why do you think the left has taken over every law school in the Western world and is producing ethical children like that woman that we saw at the beginning of the program? Why do you think that is? Because um, if you want to corrupt a legal system that was plainly based upon Christian concepts. If, if you like innocent until proven guilty, you need to be thankful to the Torah for that, to Moses, to the scriptures. That's where it came from. So it was, so it was based on. So, if you're, going to, if you're going to destroy that, then you have to produce people who can be so twisted in their thinking that they can subvert the system. And that's exactly what's going on. That's exactly what has happened. It's a part of God's judgment. 
I mean, none of us in this life can necessarily discern with perfect accuracy what is the judgment of God and what is that which brings the judgment of God. Um, you know, you can, you can look at it from both, from both directions. Once you have a people that can't tell the difference between a man or woman anymore, that's definitely the judgment of God. <laughs> okay. I mean, you, there's just so much perversity that has to come before that, that, yeah, that's, but where, where do you exactly draw the line? I, I don't know. But the, the fact that, for example, you have in Canada, remember the Trinity Law School thing? No, can't have that. Can't have a Christian, a Christian law school because everything has to be secular. That's an act of rebellion. That's, that's the creature saying, I will not be ruled by and uh, submit to my creator. And that's what we have in our society today. If, if anyone dares stand up and, and, and defend what was just a given outside those law schools 30, 40 years ago, well, you not only hate monger, you need to be fired, you need to be canceled, you need to have your internet access revoked. And once they start digital currency, you, all your money needs to be taken away and you just need to starve to death. And if, again, if, if you don't think that the left will do that, you don't know history. I've told you about the whole, the whole out of more before. I've told you what Stalin did to the Ukrainians. Millions starved to death. You don't think he'd do that? You don't, you don't think the left will do that? I, I understand what it is, because see, when we, when we think of Stalin doing that, when you think of Stalin, it, you know, that was way back then. Look, there's a people, there are people alive today that remember Stalin. But that was way back then, and man, he was scary looking. And wow, you know, you had Hitler and Stalin and Mao, and oh yeah, those are really bad and Mussolini man, and Italian, you know, but still. Um, you, but that, that was way back then. I just think a lot of people have a hard time looking over here on my screen as the program started was Elizabeth Warren. And we look at Pocahontas and we laugh at her. She's a liar. We, 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 we know she, she can't put together an argument worth nothing. AOC, oh my goodness. Ignorance personified. And we can't realize she's, Warren is sitting over there saying, we need to shut down crisis pregnancy centers because they fool people into thinking that, you know, they're looking for abortion care and they fool people and get them to stop having abortions. She's probably demonized. She's probably demonized. Do you have any idea how many Children have been murdered because of people like her and their insane love of death. Oh, but she's just too silly. She she made she went she got all of her positions by claiming to have been an American. I can't take that seriously. You better. 
you better. I think that's what it is. We look at these people and it's like, oh, yeah, those people back then, Stalin, ooh, millions and millions died at his hands. But there's nobody like that today. Yes, there is. Xi Jinping. Whoever the current wacko head of North Korea is. You know, he's he's actually executed some of his enemies with an anti-aircraft gun. Do you know what that looks like? To shoot somebody with an anti-aircraft gun? There's, there's, not, there's not enough left to even identify parts. Wood chippers? Yeah, there are that kind of evil people in the world today. And we just don't want to believe it. Well, you know, it's just a matter of opinion and everything. Nation of laws, nation of men. We were once a nation of law. And we understood, some of us understood why. We are no longer a nation of law. And the superstructure upon which that was built, it's not just going to stand there. It will eventually collapse in and of itself. And then you have anarchy. And when you have anarchy, people cry out. And that's when the totalitarians step in with the goose-stepping militarized police and give you what you're looking for. And what's been lost is freedom, liberty, the things that founded and made this nation great. That whole foundation was found in our book. And it's beautiful. And it's amazing to me how many Christians Do not thank God for the beauty and balance of his law. We have something to offer the world. Christ or chaos, it's true. It really seems to me that there are a lot of Christians who who think that is too radical a dichotomy. Christ or chaos. But it is. It's Christ or chaos. Did you wish to say you're something ta- as we are closing up? You're talking about, we don't want to think about it. And you know what? The one thing that I remember is, is in the stories that I heard about pre-World War II was that is exactly the mentality that the people in this country had then. We, they heard stories about what Hitler was doing, and they didn't want to think about it. They didn't want to think that it right. was true. And you go into the 1950s, they heard stories about what Stalin was doing, and they didn't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. We don't want to face those things. This just keeps repeating itself, and we just, oh, it can't be real. It can't be real. They don't really, they're not really that evil. Yes, they really are that evil. They were then when we didn't want to think about it, and they are now. Yeah. Well, and, and of course, for those on the left, they, they are open about it. They have to be open about it. Secularism is the fundamental denial of everything that is good about Christianity. That's what it is. It's the polar opposite. It's the polar opposite. And by the way, as we close up um, in, uh, in August, uh, I'm going to be up in the Denver, Colorado area. Me and Jason Lyle are going to be doing a, um, uh, at Redemption Hills uh, Church, we're going to be doing a conference on the failure of secularism, the dangers of secularism, failure of secularism. 
And uh, I've also, by the way, I contacted Jason yesterday. I'm, I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning this. I, um, I said, you know what? We need a Jason Lyle article on how to enjoy the James Webb Space Telescope while ignoring the worldview of the people operating the James Webb Space Telescope. Because we're seeing all this stuff, and I've been excited about Webb for a long time. I've Webb's been delayed, 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 delayed. So I've those of us that do the do some sky watching, we've been waiting for Webb, and um, it's finally up there. We're finally starting to see uh, some of what it's capable of, and it's going to be awesome. But the problem is, of course, everybody at NASA today is a almost everybody at NASA today is a secularist, and so they can't the heavens. The heavens declare we're really big. <laughs> That's all the heavens can do for them. Uh, so we need to, uh, I, I hope Jason will put together an article for us to, to help us to uh, uh, filter out the zaniness uh, coming out of NASA and enjoy the beauty of God's creation. Anyways, that's it for the program today. Thank you so much for listening today and for allowing me to have a half hour introduction into a discussion of why God's law is truly good because it represents his moral character. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. God bless.